Hey everyone, welcome to The Recruitment Show. We are talking about all of the major topics that people are discussing right now. Everything recruiting, future of work, and everything in between. I've got guests from all over the world to come and share their perspective and their thoughts and feelings and all of that stuff on these key topics. It might not be politically correct. It might not be what you want to hear, but it's people's perspectives and it's important to hear people's perspectives. I love storytelling and I think one story can illuminate a million more and really increase our understanding of these topics. So sit back, whether you're watching live or after, grab a drink, take a seat and enjoy. Awesome. That's it. Live. That's it. Live. Virginia, thank you so much for joining me. Love it. Lovely to be here. Lovely. But we're talking about American politics. <laughs> yeah, just a bit of it. <laughs> Todd, just right. returning from... A few days out there. I love it. I love it. Why don't you just quickly introduce yourself for everyone? Just set some context and then we can talk about recruiting, TA, AI, all of that stuff. Wonderful. Well, all thank right. you for having me. Pleasure. I'm, I'm Virginia Tirado and uh, I have been, uh, we were talking about this, right? I've lived half yeah. my life in the US and the other half here in the UK. So I do go back and forth a bit. <clears throat> so you been... did your study like early years in the US. Yeah. 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 And then over here. Um, and um, originally, I'm actually from South America. I was born in Venezuela and had my beginnings there. I, yeah. I grew up and went to school there. And then sort of professionally, did I did do my career in the US and now here in, in Europe. Yeah. Uh, UK and Europe. Uh, recently left Salando after three years of managing talent acquisition uh, for a very cool company in the fashion and fashion retail online industry and uh, have taken the summer pretty much to have a bit of fun Amazing. and uh, enjoy sabbatical and and uh, yeah. spend some time with the kids and there's nothing better than having time off during the summer in Europe and the US so that's been fun now Back to getting serious on my job search and just uh, keeping very active in yeah, yeah. in what's going on in the industry and so on. So really nice. happy to be here with you today. Thanks. I think I'm like the 50th podcast you've done in the last like month or two. <laughs> Every time I see you on LinkedIn, it's like podcast, podcast. And then you're in like, and you went to uh, Wreckfest and then you're here and then you're there. So, you know, it's, it's been really interesting. And I was reflecting on this, Lewis, because when you are a, you know, an active leader, whether it, you're in HR or in the business or in sales or whatever, and you're looking after big groups of people and aligning with business strategy and so on, you're so busy. You very little, you know, you take very little time to not only share some of the stuff you're learning, but also reflect on what you could be learning, right? And I think it becomes really easy through podcasts to share content uh but you know this what is relevant right it's 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 just about staying engaged and and um using this time to learn so i've been very yeah. fortunate that people want to hear and have given me the opportunity to share a little yeah. and in the meantime i'm also learning quite a lot right when you when you are interacting with leaders like yourself uh there it's, it's a great opportunity to exchange knowledge yeah, so, yeah it's super, super fun super excited i love a good podcast yeah even when you get your next awesome job Stay, stick with the podcasting. I will. And, and it's, only, uh, it's only like half an hour, an hour. It's and just it, like it gives you a completely and... different energy, right? So it takes you away from your sort of comfort zone of like your day-to-day, -day, you know, just back-to-back -back calls or one-to-one yeah. -one meetings and so on. But it, it gives you an opportunity to really go out there and uh, engage in some interesting and exciting conversation yeah. because we are in interesting and exciting times even though it's been quite a few difficult years for those of us in the TA space, right? I think it's really exciting to look at the future. Yeah, yeah. but it's been a crazy journey though. I mean, yeah. it was like a few years ago, it was like, I think TA professionals were earning more than engineers, you know, like just at such high demand. And then there was a little July dip. July of 2021, no. you couldn't keep anyone yeah. put, you know, it was, it was a, a competitive war for talent in the TA space. Yeah. That was absolutely insane. I mean, and in Berlin in particular, which is the area that I was engaged in the last three years, the, the you couldn't compete salary-wise with what was going on in the market. 
um, you know, only to crash a few months later. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's still a little, it depending on the sector, yeah. depending on the sector, it's still a little down. Yeah. Certainly like tech, maybe financial services, you know, it's still a little bit subdued. Google made like another, what, 300, I think, TA people redundant. And unfortunately, I've got a few friends that have been impacted by that. And uh, and then you see Salesforce saying they're going to go hire 3,000 people. So, I mean, it's just absolutely insane. And we need to do something about this. We it's absolutely crazy. need to change the way we go about talent. Because this is absolutely insane. What do you think of, so just on that and the Salesforce thing, and I was reading, I was reading something on it, and there's this boomerang employee. Have you heard the term boomerang employee? So for, like, for those who don't know, it's, it's clearly someone that's left. Either they were made redundant or they decided to leave during the Great Resignation. There was a study by uh, Paychex. Apparently 80% of Americans who left over the Great Resignation are now regretting it and are wanting to go back to their old firms. But firms like Salesforce are, pu are publicly come out, I think, to say, right, we want to try and attract old employees back. Do you know, it's really, it's not unusual. I mean, I worked for Amazon for a number of years and we would actually target boomerang employees. So people that left after a couple of years, if you think about it, you know, they've gone, they've gone out there, they've seen that the grass is not always necessarily greener, but they've learned a few things while being out there. And if they do come back, it's obviously because they believe, you know, that they can continue to add value and they're in the right place, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of value into that. But I think that... What about what, the people that got made redundant? I think that that's the bit that is a bit scary. It, you know, it depends on how people are treated. I mean, if you hear some of the horror stories we have heard over the last couple of quarters, you know, and more than quarters, than, than a couple, so. right? Maybe yeah. a year and a half, you've seen what's been happening. This is why it's so important, right, that you do manage that employee experience um, completely, you know, in the same way you would do with candidates looking at your own employer brand. Yeah. So it looks like from what I'm hearing now with the, the Google employees, I mean, they learned a few lessons. <laughs> so folks are now, you know, are, are getting proper consultations. They're uh, getting, right. you know, they're getting warnings ahead of time instead of just showing up and not having an email. Um Although, you know, I, I read this morning someone that got impacted by Google after 12 years while on maternity leave with a 10-month-old baby. So it's still quite, you know, like quite insane. What was yeah. that? Um, what was the home website? The guy um, the guy made people redundant over Zoom. Um, do you remember? We did a little video. Uh, yeah, with Better Homes. Yes. Was it Better yes, Homes? Yes, Better Homes, yeah. Better yeah. Homes. Yeah. And the guy did like his Zoom camera was like pointed down and he was like, hey, if you're on the Zoom, you're out kind of thing. I mean, dreadful, right? Well, I've, I've heard some experiences of, of friends um, at Amazon, you know, after more than 10 years, you know, with these ongoing conversations where teams after teams are being made redundant. But if you're in the leadership or so on, you know, you like, you don't know, depending on who gets what invite and so on. But for months, like going through all of that for three months, you know, you can't really imagine the stress and anxiety that people go through. So I used to remember, you know, when I worked for Oracle many years ago, having a conversation with an HRD that will say, you know, it's like, if, if somebody told you you're going to lose a limb and they don't tell you exactly which one or what part or when, can you imagine not knowing if you're losing a fingernail or, you know, your entire arm or wrist? Yeah. Just like, you know, it's it's similar to just letting people know, you know, you have this bad news looming over you. And, uh, you know, we just need to be better at the way we do it. If we're making yeah. these decisions, it's tough. You know, we're grown-ups. It's just about how you manage it, right? So going back to... The boomerang conversation, um, I think employees need to think about, employers need to think a little bit about that, right? And yeah. many of your, depending on your sector, many of your employees are going to be customers as well, right? So um, if you mistreat them, uh, would they be actually not only, you know, using your brand, but actually as a customer? Yeah, what, yeah. what are they, you know, what are they going to say? So yeah, it's important to treat your, what was the quote? I'm going to, this is not my own quote, although well, it's a cool quote. It's like treat your employees like your best customer yeah. something and then everything else will take care of itself yeah. it's so easy to just forget isn't it i guess yeah. if you're in you know an amazon and you've got to get you know cut a thousand people or something and it's just it's very transactional isn't yeah. it but you know we're people we remember how others make us feel but what's interesting i think like if you go back to a few years ago certainly in tech people get so caught up in the like 
you know, you're going to get shares and equity and we valued at like, you know, whatever billion and, and you get kind of caught up and attracted. And it should be interesting to see if people remember how these firms made them feel when they got rid of them yeah. or treated them badly or actually they don't really care. They want the paycheck. They've kind of got like hardened by, well, you're treating me bad. I'm just going to come. I'm just going to take the money. And when something better comes, I'm off. You know, I think that it, it also depends where in your career you're at, right? And what I think we learn from experiences as we grow. And I think that, you know, each decade comes with their own learnings, right? So yeah. when you are young and uh, good at what you do and you have options, you know, people may not uh, think too much about going back. You know, if they, the money is good, that's what, you know, they're after and earnings is what they focus on. That's great. But I think that um, as as you grow in your career, in, it's really important to understand, you know, what really makes you happy. And in these markets, you know, just taking the risk about where do you want to be, right? And, and I think we've seen more than anything else uh, after COVID, people would not talk about their mental health the way we do today. And we weren't aware about how, you know, the life in the workplace can have such a significant impact. Yeah. I think... Um, would have been one of your podcasts i'm not sure right now but you know talking about the 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 return on investment right from from your work life where you spend so much of your time yeah right and 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 when you really think about the hours of your day or the percentage of your life it better be worth it we spend way more time with colleagues whether you're virtual digital like just whatever right but you're investing so much time i think you know we're going to be working until we're like 70 80 maybe you never even stop so it's important to enjoy it right but the, the other thing is that everyone talks about the importance of being happy at work but not everyone is able to find not everyone's able to find it right like it's quite a lot of pressure i think sometimes um you know and some people they just do it for the paycheck um others like want to integrate work and life and they're more you know like they're open to it because you know everyone talks about bringing your authentic self to work you know but not everyone wants to and I don't some know people how, do, ma some how people. many times, you know, you actually end up being in a place where being yourself openly, where people mean what they say, right? That being yourself, you know, won't cost you at some point, right? Well, I mean, to your original, I mean, we were talking about, um, we touched on politics early right on and the difference between America being very polarized and stuff. And in the UK, I mean, there's still some polarization, but I don't think it's anywhere near the same. Um, but can you imagine, you know, if they're saying bring your authentic self to work, but then suddenly you find out that like that person supports Donald Trump and you support someone else. Can you work? Can you build a good relationship with them? Can you work with them effectively in a, in a high performing team? You know, it's quite a lot of people find it really difficult to work with someone who they fundamentally disagree with. And I think when you have such polarizing views, right, uh, um, it's difficult to sometimes separate that from your own uh, professional views. Because if you think, you know, uh, that things should be managed a certain way, right? I think that that trickles into the way you approach or, you know, life and, and values. Sadly, you know, in America, you see more and more of that because of how radical positions are. There's no middle of the road where you can find some agreement. But right? do you think though that most people there actually are kind of, pretty middle like just generally in their views because you, you hear a lot online and all this obviously like of the extreme stuff you know that's the that's the stuff that always gets like publicity but like if you speak to like just the average person are they pretty okay you support them i support them i mean i think uh what i have experienced louis is that for example i've just spent the last 10 days in America and I've been to LA, I've been to Austin, I've been to Nashville. Um, everywhere you go, people are so different and uh, they will have geograph. I think you've become much more concerned with uh, your geographical uh, uh, settings, oh, right. what is happening in your state. Yeah, yeah. And I talked to you a little bit about Florida. I, you know, I grew up and had many like I became an adult and you kind of made fun about you know what becoming an adult means but yeah. it's where you know I started my career had my kids you know made bought my first house you know all these things and um 
you know, going back to where it is today, I'm not quite sure I can go back there, even though I have great friends and contacts. Yeah. You know, it has changed so much, right? So, yeah. so it doesn't mean I wouldn't go back to America, or maybe I will end up in Florida. But you have to take into concern, you know, in, into account the concerns you have about what life would be like every day, right? Yeah, if, yeah. if your kids were going to school. You know, what are they allowed to read or not? I mean, this is this is the kind of debate people are having, which is a bit insane. Um, but just, you know, going back, I think we're getting, we're going, we're setting ourselves back a number of years, sadly. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Because a lot of people, I mean, we have, you know, we do a lot of work in the US and a lot of, obviously, given what I do, like I have so many private conversations yeah. with people, you know, they'll, they'll share whatever, yeah. right? And so, so many people are pretty scared to say what they think yeah. or share certain views at work for fear of being cancelled or looking over, you know, being looked over for progression or, you know, it's a very like, I don't know, funny moment. And know? that's where you, you get stuck in this conundrum, you know, can you really be, be your own self? You know, can you be authentic in the conversations you have if you have to be concerned about what you say, I mean, within respect and boundaries, right? But yeah, about yeah. how that can affect your career progression. Yeah, yeah. But there's lots of cool things that are that are happening today. And, you know, it, it's not all negative. I think there's lots of great things. I've just came back from Nashville and, you know, RecFest was having their first edition in the U.S. And it's great to see how much... The reason I went was precisely, you know, we were becoming so global. and um, And it's good to understand what our colleagues... On the other side of the pond, you know, what are the challenges they're facing and uh, what are the areas they're innovating or disrupting in? And it's one of the things that I took away is that, you know, it doesn't really matter if you're in the UK or in the US or maybe if you are in Singapore or elsewhere, you know, we still have so much commonality in the challenges we're facing, right? And uh, no, I think 100% because we're, um, I mean, our business is people, yeah, right? Like humans and, and humans are humans. Now, there's there's obviously like micro differences between you know growing up in you know the US or growing up in Europe and whatever, but ultimately we're all humans. Yeah. And and the wonderful thing now, and by the way, I I think that this is the best time to live ever, right? On many levels, like being alive right now, you'd rather be alive right now than like two hundred years ago, you know. Um, it's loads of good stuff going on, and with social is also really interesting because you can be in, you know, you can be in I don't know in in APAC. And still really understand culturally what's going on in the US just by diving into the different social platforms. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. But it was interesting to see, like, you know, one of the topics that was on the agenda, and we heard from many different uh, leaders uh, that are very similar is, you know, how is AI going to impact recruitment? You yeah. know, how, you know, the ethical concerns or, oh, you know, how do we use it? And, those are the questions that we've had in in relatively a very short period of time. We've realized how much impact AI can can have in the the future of what we're doing. It's incredible. So it's really fun to actually exchange with folks that um, are going through the same issues, but in a very com in a completely different environment, whether it's social, political, or just geographical. Yeah. yeah. And um, look at the commonalities and what we can learn from each other. AI has completely transformed what we've done. Even like this weekend. We've had two massive AI upgrades in our own company. It's incredible. But I'm sure Amazon have been sourcing or screening candidates using AI for, for years, no? Well, it's There's interesting because, yeah. There's about... You know, so I, when I was there, so I was in Amazon between 2015 and 2019, right? Um, and um, we played with a lot of the machine learning. Obviously, you know, um, we've... I think we've all been using some form of AI for the longest time, whether it was a chatbot, well, you know, whether it was just your the way we were doing Google search, you know, yeah. so on. And um, and the concerns that we had around bias or you know eth ethical um, AI um, have been there in the recruitment process, regardless of whether you use AI or not. Yeah, I mean, always. if you think about tech. You know, and um, if you think about just your hiring managers, you know, how, you humans, as humans, I mean. right? And and it's just whether we, you know, a lot of people hate the word unconscious bias, but whether we are aware of it or not, there's always been biases, right? So I think early on, uh, Amazon would have done a, a really good job because they were very um, concerned that, you know, they would be recruiting in scale and in masses. And if there were 
issues that were coming up, they would notice it early on or be aware of it. They will do something about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think one thing that Amazon has, um, and and it's something that I've taken away, and it's been great in my in you know my culture um, assimilation, working in in tech, it, it is that they do look at everyone as a customer, you know, and being the most centric customer organization in the world, which is the you know the the biggest uh, yeah, yeah. ambition that that Jeff Bezos and the Amazon uh, culture you know goes after. Um, it really is about understanding, you know, how, how early on you treat candidates. In, in, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, look, yeah, I think, I mean, I think the AI stuff's amazing. I mean, there's always going to be bias, but then what does bias mean? You can be biased towards anything, yeah. towards or what, you know, and also we're human. Yeah. And I think there's always going to be it. And I, I, you're never going to get away from it. And also with recruiting, you have to select. You have to have a bias towards something at some yeah. point, right? Like, yeah. so, and you, you decide on your criteria, why you're looking to hire, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And, and, and I think that the ways um, that we're going to overcome this is to continue to bring diverse ways of thinking into the teams that develop AI, right? And, yeah, yeah. and also yeah. in the fact that you are aware that there can be bias, then address it. I mean, it was really interesting. I I, I heard um, a couple of of uh, sessions on this while at Recfest, and um, I think that the best way for us as recruiters to you know, embrace AI is not be scared of it. We're not going to lose our jobs. I mean, I think we do need to think about in yeah. the way that we do this is is using it as a, as a tool to become more and more efficient. Yeah, yeah. But then learn to use it the right way, right? And and how do you prompt? Uh, the more you use it, the better you'll get at it. I was it. just saying this to the other today. I mean, I mean AI. Well, there was a doc. I forget the name of the guy. There's a doctor. He was speaking at the World Economic Forum, and he said AI won't take your job. Someone using AI will take your job. You know, so. So the point is, I mean, it's here. There's also a great website I'll put in the show notes. Again, I can't remember what it's called, but it had all of the news articles from like back from the 1920s. And literally it was like 1920, robots are taking our jobs, 1930s. AI is taking our, you know, it's like classic. And I think where we're at now, like just with us, we're, we're an agency. I mean, we use Google Workspace. Google Workspace have just released Duet AI, which is Microsoft's version of Copilot. Microsoft Copilot. So the two biggest like kind of work techs have got their own AI baked in now, right? And so we've just implemented Duet AI, and so it works in Gmail, in in in, uh, in, in Docs. I'm not sponsored by Google here, by the way, but um, but it's just amazing, and it can helps you. It helps you write emails. Um, I mean, just everything, right? Pictures for your slides and. It's incredible, right? It's giving back, and also our CRM and ATS, that's got AI, that's plugged into ChatGPT. Then you've got LinkedIn, LinkedIn Recruiter, that's got AI, right? Who's helping recruiters spam way more people than they were doing before, however. So you've got, you've actually probably got two, three hours a day extra, right? Yeah. Like if you've got two hours a day extra uh, as an agency recruiter, that's 10 hours a week, that's 520 hours a year to do what we do best at, which is like speak to people have communication yeah, conversations. Well, actually invest in, in, in areas that will make you better, right? And, yeah, now yeah. you can't say, well, I can't really get on, you know, to listen to the podcast or prepare for, you know, write an article or things like that because I don't have the time. So it is about finding the time. It's amazing. Or if I got a long article and you're like, oh, it's really interesting, but it's long. Copy and paste it into your AI. Ask it to summarize it in a, in a paragraph or two. And you're like, oh. So, okay. you know, it's, it's really interesting. <laughs> I actually spoke to um, a friend of mine that moved. Um, well, a friend of mine had her um, goddaughter is moving to get a mas do a master's here in law um, in the UK. Oh, She's right. coming from Venezuela. And obviously I did this journey 30 years ago. Wow, wow. So we were I was giving her some advice. She said, you know, what what advice can you give me? And I said, well, you know, for starters, you know, be acquainted with with um, AI, you know, get yourself a professional, you know, a, a paid version of it yeah. and start using it for case law. Uh, and 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 she's like, I said, I didn't have that. And I can tell you, I there, I wish I would have been able to sleep more back then because you would stay up reading all these cases and having to summarize. And, and um, oh, yeah. when you're not a native speaker, you know, um, as I was then, I mean, I, I grew up speaking English, but my my mother tongue is Spanish. Uh, you know, y you don't have the professional uh, jargon. Your right? English is and, way better than mine. <laughs> well, after many years, right, uh, I, I did grow up speaking English at home. My mom was from Trinidad. But 
the point being is that professionally it takes a long time to develop the the you know the the understanding yeah the nuance the, the, the nuance and yeah. the terms and so on it's not the same as you know the the language you speak um on a day-to-day basis yeah no, definitely. right so um just I mean, imagine like what how that is going to make it so much more accessible for people all over the world right just understanding um being able to read have access to knowledge you know getting things to be translated and so on so uh, that in itself is is a great piece of advice for anyone that's listening you know in it's amazing spend your time learning how to use these tools that will make you better and um save you time yeah definitely and the input thing's interesting again because because i've i've been experimenting with it a lot i've been using it quite a lot recently and just the better you get at what to input the better your output is you know because to start with you just put something basic in like write me an email for something or other and then you start to learn that actually if you input a little bit more you can get a bit more out but actually i think it's also it's so great for reading text and summarizing it's really good. And then if you're a developer and you've got no data analysis, so many crazy things. And if you can give it an example, if you, you know, if you're clear yeah, yeah. about the role you want it to take yeah, yeah. in the way they prepare, the, the more specific you are, the more specific. Yeah. Uh, you just have to obviously you know, remember to verify the stuff, right? I mean, uh, it's. There are some cons, and uh, you just use it as like a sit assistant. Yeah, exactly, and you know. it will and it will, it'll work wonders. For yeah, you. yeah, yeah. So if, I mean, for recruiters, there's no there's no excuse anymore about researching. You know, make sure you get to know your 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 markets. You know, get to to know your candidates. Get to know what your competitors are doing. What what they're paying. There's so much information that recruiters can get now to have uh, an easier job um at at um, learning all these you know all these bits of information that before would take hours and because you're always sort of running and chasing it's yeah. hard to to complete so i oh, think now it's if you re- yeah if you're re- i mean if you're recruiting for a company or if you're in house i mean just the amount of information you can get also on candidates jump on someone's linkedin stick them in google stick them in ai whatever just like it's it's amazing the danger is now that i'm seeing though and i don't know about you the amount, the amount of clearly, um, like the sales stuff I get through LinkedIn or email, but it's off. It's obviously not personalized, and then they have it as a drip campaign. Yeah. You know these drip campaigns. So they send me an email number one, then they set email number two for a day later, email number three, and it's not. It, it's clearly written by someone else. It's not thought through. And I'm just like, delete, 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 you know? I think like there's a lot of like, there's there's value in being bespoke. Yeah. So you know what? Everyone's doing all of this like automated outreach. Like and It's I'm... really funny because like I've, uh, you know, I left my <coughs> job at Salando at the end of June and I have updated my LinkedIn, but uh, it's probably not very clear. And because it's my last role, I'm getting so much marketing and follow-ups about, you know, are you hiring? We can help you hire, uh, you know, and, and, and it's also not understanding the client, you know, what is, what is the need? If you're really approaching Zalando, what, is, what do they really need right now? Yeah. Versus just blankly, you know, just sending a, a, an outreach that is not really targeted to the right audience. It's and it's like, of- I would never use these people in my next job if I did, because I can realize that, you know, there's no Facebook and that's the risk you, you, you run right by doing this I'm, I'm sure they'll land some folks but no no i think the dangers with recruiters in our industry whether you're in-house or agency um people hide behind the keyboard yeah they're like you know they're setting up because they get sold a lot of these platforms they do these drip campaigns right every single crm like linkedin does it i mean everywhere right it's so easy just to like get caught messaging yeah like i had a friend of mine someone approached him for a cfo role so a senior role um, and he showed me the messages, 50 emails. Not once did the recruiter ask to have a conversation with them. Phone or video, nothing. It was, hey, you in this job. Like all sales stuff, right? Hey, you in this job. Hey, here's a job spec. Hey, you know. And, and I think in our industry, because people are worried about, you know, their job being, um, you know, made redundant, outsourced, AI taking over and stuff. I think if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if your activity can be done just as well by AI, you're sending a sales email so you can you know then i think you're i think you're probably uh in danger but for me it's like the human skills you want to be able to have a conversation so it's like the community there's communication for me which is like all of this stuff right messaging 
social and stuff but art of conversation like what we're having i think if you've if you've got that nailed you it's going to stand you in great stead because it's what we supposed to be doing right and that's what a a good candidate experience looks like right Uh, if if you don't have those touch points i think you can get away with it when you're doing more junior roles when you're doing you know high volume roles uh yeah, go ahead. You don't really need, you know, to to understand is there going to be a culture fit? Uh, you know, what is this person really looking, f- yeah. f- you know, forward to? One of the things that I also find quite interesting is that sometimes, even now with a with AI being available and so on, recruiters are just going in and taking boxes. Uh, sadly, to look at okay, this is the job description and this is what the CV looks like, without necessarily going beyond. And when you think about you know things like the talent shortage that we've seen and that will continue um, when you think about the skills gap that we see, whether it's around, you know, AI machine learning or green transition, whatever that is, recruiters will need to up their game. They really do need to look at things, you know, beyond looking at fungible talent, looking at what are the, the core skills, recruit for those core skills versus a profile. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I always say like, I mean, for me, it's like I did this poll on LinkedIn it's, and, and it was like 80% of people. Um, would you rather have, hire an A plus human with B minus skills or a B minus human with A plus skills? You know, something like that. It's like these human skills are so important. And I love following your service and I, I uh, your surveys and I try to people always participate. But it's interesting to see how we come out in some of these because some people, I mean, there's never a white or black answer, right? But no, some no. people still are very much into, you know, you'd rather get the A plus skills than. Why know. do you think that is? And I think because you always, we, we continue to hire for today. You know, we continue to hire like for what we need today yeah. without understanding how quickly things are changing. I think that that is where you have the shortfalls. I mean, if you think about the conversation we had about Salesforce, you know, going out and hiring another 3,000 people after laying off what we've seen in tech, again, because you look at the financial results, you look at what you've committed to report, you know, to the board or to your P, you know, fund or whomever, and and not look at the long journey, right? I think one of the things that I love about Bezos, um, when you know, in the first 20 years of Amazon, when he will write a, a letter to the shareholders was he wasn't going to be held captive of what he needed to do based on what the market expected from him. Uh, I think obviously that's changed now, you know, it's like, to, it has right, to, right? right? But but you see that a lot. And, uh, and when you think about where we stand today, we need to really rethink how we go about what is important for your stakeholder for your company, you know, and, and as a TA leader or an HR leader, you have to be able to have an opinion on some of these things. Yeah, yeah. I also think it's just back to like the people thing. Every company is made up of people. They're your customers, they're your employees, they're your colleagues. They're, like if, if you focus on caring about them and looking after them and developing them and stuff, then you're going to stand in such good stead. I, I, um, I try and poach people for a living. You know, calling people up in a company, try and poaching them. And happy people are much harder to move than unhappy people, right? Yeah. And and it just it just feeds into everything. If your team are happy, they're going to be speaking well about you. It's going to be easier to recruit more people. If they're customer facing, customers are going to be like, oh my God, these people love working there. You're going to get a good impression. And it just feeds into everything. When you start, I think like at the first sign of trouble, there were a lot of companies that just cut. Yeah. And I think you that know. that is where we need to get better because it, you know, it's not about we always have to be happy at our workplace, right? You're going to have to make tough decisions and particularly around managing performance. I think it, it's not about thinking about your team as this one big happy family uh, and you have to take care of everyone. I think you, you really do need to find the right balance and treat yeah. people with respect and make sure you invest. So you shouldn't have a performance conversation once every six months and then have people surprised about the fact that they were a bad fit or they weren't doing a great job, right? But when you say, you know, it's much harder to move people that are happy, you know, I think that that reflects uh, the company they're working in, you know, so many things that are really important. So when you have a strong employer brand, um, that will reflect 
And know, if you feel part of it. And if you feel part of the company, yeah. if you feel included, if you feel you're adding value, if you feel you're recognized, because you might be doing a great job, but if nobody's telling you that, right? And and uh, it's much easier to actually bring in people from the outside than, than figuring out how to promote or how to upskill your folks. Yeah. I think that, you know, that those are the things that, we will see change drastically because what we when when you think about the the survey you were re, re, you know referring to earlier the skills that we're recruiting for today are not necessarily the skills we really do need to survive in the workplace of the future True. right and actually the more technical you are the more human you'll need to be that's how you're going to stand out yeah right, right. because we will need to make technology work for our clients and uh and efficient AI doesn't necessarily mean that is the AI that will design the products for your customer base, right? Because what does that efficiency mean, right? And, and how you go about it. So I think that um, we do need to get better about how we balance within our industry. Uh, Definitely. And also, like, if you think about attracting talent, I mean, they're gonna, people want to work with people. People want to work you know, with people. Like the interview, it's yeah. like you're if you're the t in the you know, in t TA, you're the first person that, you know, let's say you're the first interview, and they're like, oh my god, wow, she's awesome. Definitely want to work it. You know, that's like one hook already. Then they meet the next person. Hey, how you doing? Thank you so much for taking the time to come see me. You know, what do you want to know? Can we tell you about the firm, whatever? And you start to get these little way better than, you know, another company might be like, right, um, you know, I want you to do this assessment before you even come for an interview. And why do you want to come work here? And, you know, like... There's the, a level of arrogance that sometimes yeah, yeah. comes through that you can take back. Yeah. So it's really important that if you say you, you know, you are an inclusive place, then you need to start showing that from the beginning. Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. Uh, instead of asking somebody, you know, why do you want to come work here? Share why you like working here. You know, as an individual, as an interviewer, as a hiring manager, yeah. this is how I feel working at X, Y, or Z, and I think you would love it here if you like this, this, and this. Yeah. So it's such a different way to probably get the same response that you're aiming for, like the same knowledge you want to get from that candidate, right? Yeah. So definitely, yeah. and also with this AI stuff, just to round that up, um, you're automating a lot of your the other a lot of processes that take you time. And you can spend more time speaking with candidates, whether you're interviewing them or pipelining or whatever, you know, all of this kind of stuff that you want to do. Just spend more time video call, more time going out for coffees with people, interacting with your customers internally. You know, like you can do all of the stuff that like the reason most people get into TA is like they like having conversations, right? Like it's really fun. It's a good bit of the job. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you don't like having the conversations, <laughs> probably you oh, need to think about wrong job. where you should be, right? Wrong job. Yeah, absolutely. Where are you, where do you stand with like the remote work and office and, you know, because I know, know we talk about it for uh, ages, but. Oh my gosh, you know, that is such an important topic. We see more and more people going back to the office. And I remember one of the last uh, leadership meetings I had with, um, my team, my leadership team um, at Salando, we were talking about, you know, do we know where we're heading, right? What, what, what does 2023, 2024 look like? And there were some surveys um, that I reviewed from McKinsey back then where they had interviewed over 200 CEOs across the world and so on, where everybody was saying that by 2024, you know, we would all be back in the office. And, and it seemed insane, but we're seeing more and more of that, right? I think it really depends on you know your industry. It depends on where you, where people need to spend time. I mean, there's going to be jobs that you do have to yeah. be face to face, right? You, you, but getting that balance, a lot of it will still depend on the candidates and their preferences. Uh, if we have a market that allows for the candidates to have so that choice. So if the candidates are in demand, yeah. then you have to be a bit more flexible as the I, employer. I think so. And yeah. I think, you know, for, for tech roles, we see that that has been a preference even before the COVID days, yeah. right? A lot of teams would like to work. I mean, I worked for Oracle um, a, a long time and I had my son uh, 20 years ago and uh, I was able to work from home 
back then, you know, and, and it was part of the culture. Yeah. Obviously, when, when we needed to go in for meetings and so on, we were available. And uh, many of the job postings we had when I moved to Europe, you know, you could be based anywhere in Europe as long as you were near an airport and you were willing to fly if you had to meet your teams yeah, and yeah, do yeah. certain roles. So I, I don't think we've seen the end of this. I think we, you know, we've gone to extremes and we've seen um, this changing. I would say, you know, companies need to be a little more responsible in the kind of commitments they're making to employees instead of just thinking they can just swing, you know, their position. And because yeah. we're talking again about, about people's lives, right? So if you say you're going to, it's okay to work remotely, and then you change and say you want to get people to come in, you know, three days a week. And people have made commitments. They've bought a house. They've moved out. They've made other personal arrangements because of what you said. It's really kind of unfair that, you know, you just make these decisions without thinking the impact it has. Yeah, yeah that's but, true. That's yeah. true. But you'll have companies saying, well, you know, it's our right at the end to decide how we want to do things. So people will have to see if it's still worth, you know, having to commute three three hours a day. And, you know, partly the reason I... I I left my last job was I, I had to commute uh, to Berlin and I did that for three years. And, uh, you know, if we want to bring people back into the office, it's only fair that leaders do lead by example. And, uh, you know, the, the policy is we have to spend three days a week in the office. And that was becoming difficult for me and my family. So I had to make a decision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and I agree that, you know, if that is what the company wants to do and it makes sense, then you should be prepared to, as a leader, you know, Leads. Do it, yeah, or do it. Yeah, if it yeah. doesn't work for you, make the decision, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, ideally, I have spent the, the summer, you know, traveling and, and took a bit of a, a mini sabbatical without calling it that and, and spending time, you know, do, doing things with my with my young adult kids now, helping my daughter, you know, select the university for her next uh, yeah. journey. And it's been fun to be able to do things remotely and be able to travel. And we yeah, love yeah. the flexibility. Yeah. But in, that doesn't mean that I, you know, if, if for the right role, I think you would make, you know, you, you have to analyze what would work. You have work. to be flexible yeah? as well be as flexible. a company. As a company and, yeah. and you as an employee as well. I think it can't all be one way, right? You They're also great, have to yeah. think about what works for your employer and how you make that, you know. I mean, if yeah, you yeah. think about it, the fact that we can now work remotely, even for some companies, I don't think everybody's going to go back full time five no. days a week. But if you can now spend a couple of days at home how great is that that you can then maybe you know do if you take your dog for a walk or it's incredible you know. also if you're lucky enough to have the conversation because there's a lot of people like doctors nurses stuff they have to go in right like your job is in the hospital so so firstly even the fact that you can have the conversation i think is is, is amazing um i think with the, for companies i'd like to see maybe to your point just communicate a bit better like if we lose use elon musk as an example when he started when he bought um twitter he was basically like if you come work here it's 24 7 right basically right and and so or, or even like a bank is a good example like you kind of know broadly if you go into an investment bank you're kind of working a lot right like it's long hours and probably in the office and stuff so but the good thing there is that you know what you're getting yourself in for so i think like the, if you over communicate or communicate properly as a company at least then when you're hiring people, they know what they're getting themselves in for. I think the problems come where someone joins and they thought it was this and it's actually that. I agree. You know. But even going back to the Elon Musk example, right? I think that um, that's where HR leaders need to step in, right? Because if you, if you do expect that everybody works 24-7... <laughs> I mean, I know it's radical. It's yeah, not going to yeah. be that, right? Yeah. I, I've worked for American companies for all of my life, and I loved it. I mean, I worked, I was a lawyer for Oracle in the beginning of my career, and the most exciting time was the end of the quarter where we would have to, you know, negotiate uh, agreements, and I would be in Argentina helping the team send out a proposal that needed to get in by a deadline, and we, you know, and we work until 2 in the morning, and thank goodness for Argentina, you can actually go get a meal at two in the morning after you're done, right? But that wouldn't happen here. But anyway, the the, the, the point being that so if you, you yeah, <laughs> you'll be surprised. Nashville's kitchen closes at 10. Oh, Terrible. But anyway, um, the point is that how are you expecting to bring diverse talent? I mean, do you expect women to not have kids 
and or never see their kids? Do you still value the fact that you should have diverse talent, especially if you're going to develop technology that will be used by women and others, right? So I think yeah. that um, you it's okay to be clear about what you want, but let's be realistic and let's make sure that we we also do not step ourselves back where we've made advance, right? When we've made progress. So I, I think ne more than ever, when you said it's exciting to be alive this time, it's also yeah. exciting to be in HR because we actually do have a voice. We need to use it um, for our stakeholders because by giving that advice, you will actually help your companies become much more successful in attracting the diverse talent they need to become a really good product, right? Yeah, yeah. Used by many. No, so great. it's it's super interesting to yeah, have yeah. the conversation. HR is great. I mean, look, what was called personnel, then it was called HR, now it's called people. Um, I don't know if there's an even cooler thing that it might be called, but but you know, certainly, I think over over this last few years, HR's got so central to everything. Yeah. Because we've been talking about burnout, we've been talking about like how people like to work. Uh, retaining staff, exiting staff, culture, culture. I mean, like all of the hot topics are, are people related, everything. Right. And you can have the best piece of tech, you know, the best business plan, whatever. But if you can't like keep and develop the best people, then, you know, you're not gonna be alive. You know, yeah. so I think I think HR's um really central to it, actually. I think it's talent, talent, talent. Yeah. Talent, uh, people, whatever we want to call it, you know, yeah, yeah. it is the the resource that we need to uh, value a bit more and, and think of it in a more sustainable way. Yeah. Just like you manage your sustainability agenda, you know, think about talent as a resource that you do not want to waste, right? And, yeah, yeah. and really um, invest as much as you can. Definitely. No, I love it. Final question is hard though, but what, what's your outlook for the next six months or so? Like, I think uh, for me, I'm seeing like, we're probably kind of at the bottom and things have started to pick up in terms of recruiting the last few months. We're seeing more and more new searches. Like, where are you kind of, but then we hear the news from Google, but then the American economy is doing well. And, you yeah, know, like Salesforce. Salesforce are oh hiring a few thousand. Yeah. So who else will follow? Like, I think it's, it's just, I mean, a crazy, you know, let's say year. I mean, my, my word for the year has been stodgy. You know, like this, because like we, we, we span a few different industries and some have just been hiring, some haven't, some have, some haven't. And then you've got great news in the papers and then obviously they prefer to print negative news and you've been more negative. Like what, what do you kind of think the next? So I, I would say that, you know, we have to be hopeful because these things go in cycle, right? And this is why I decided to take the summer off. It's like, why bother trying to find a job during the summer? <laughs> so yeah, but but if we don't pick up now, we're not going to be ready for the things we need to yeah. be doing right uh, in the next year. And this is the time that thing people will start looking at. Okay, we we've slowed down. We've been cautious. We've done the right thing. Now, where do we go from here? Right. And and I do think that the next six months we will see more um, accurate hiring needs. Because I, I think yeah. we have learned a few lessons along the way. Yeah, yeah no, we definitely. have, right? And yeah. and I and I think that the, the, uh, what the kind of the boom bust, the, like yeah. high. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we we will. This is not sustainable. And you know, I've I've seen I've read so many articles, and I've actually shared with many of my leaders. It's like when you do these layoffs, you know, there's so much research to show that within three years, you would have been exactly where you were. You didn't really <laughs> save anything because <laughs> you will have to hire people and invest in onboarding. And so on. So I think, you know, AI and green transition will be key in in what comes next. Yeah. And companies aren't necessarily ready for many of these bits, right? And uh, we'll see more. I mean, I, I enjoy reading the, you know, the future of jobs from the World Economic Forum. It's a great report that yeah. we need to read more and our leaders need to read more so that they can see what the world outlook looks like. I'm, I'm very positive. And I said, you know, even if yeah. you have been impacted, and I think this is a good call out for our friends in the, in the industry that have been affected by these different changes is, you know, stay positive, but use this time to invest in yourself. Do not waste the opportunity, you know, go out there, um, learn about AI. How do you become a really great recruiter using AI? And what does this mean? And what value can you add? So yeah. when you go into those interviews, you can already talk about what you've been doing use this time to mentor or coach others 
or be mentored or coached by others. Yeah. It is a great opportunity. I know we have to pay our bills. I know it's difficult to sometimes think about uncertainties, you know, what this means. But there's always a great job for great people out there. And, you know, know your value. I love th- that, right? 100%. Know your worth. Know your worth. And and if you are not clear, take this time to become clear on your worth. Yeah, yeah. And um, it'll get better. I mean, and, and, the, and then on the plus side, Christmas is right around the corner. Yes. So, you know, we'll see some lovely lights and some Christmas parties coming around. So there's always something positive to no, look No, no, I think I love that. I love that. Because all you can do is focus on what you can control. Yeah. Right? Which is the learning staying up to date with stuff, the networking, teaching, yeah, yeah. teaching, events, listening to, I mean, just there's so many amazing things you can do. And with the wonderful social media stuff, you can do it from your own home. Yeah. Um, but, you know, get out as well. But they're the things you can control. Um, there's also, you know, we're coming to the end of the year, right? So like a lot of people's budgets are done, you know, so maybe January we might see a little, like there's some stuff, you know, people will hear about their bonuses towards the end of the year, depending on the industry and stuff. So, I mean, also, we've been through so many different economic cycles and nothing yeah. lasts forever. You yeah. know, like even the last few years, we've seen like just ridiculous times and then dip and this and that. So it just, you know, stay positive, keep the networking going. Um, and, you you know, you'll get some stuff, you know, Absolutely. like I think it's a, it's a good, mo- it's, it's a good moment. I'm so, I'm like, I'm like, I mean, I'm a complete optimist. So and but, I'm, <laughs> I would say I'm also grateful for folks like you, like, uh, Jamie Leonard, like, uh, you know, um, Hong Lee, all these folks that are out there doing stuff for the community. For, so those of us that may be needing an opportunity to engage, to network or so on, there's lots of people out there that want to help. Yeah. So reach out, you know, if if you've got a friend that has a podcast and wants to have you on it, you know, yeah. say yes. Absolutely. You know, say um, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, <laughs> don't be scared to ask for help because there's so many people out there. I, I have had, you know, so many people come into my life in the last, you know, year that I didn't know before. And they don't know me, but they know I may have something to say and so on. And they've wanted to engage and, and ask, how can I help? And I yes. think that this is the opportunity for you to not be shy. You know, there's lots of people out there. So continue to network, continue to, you know, stay positive and, and do stuff that you that will keep you happy. 100 yeah. percent. Say yes more. Say yes. Just more. say yes. yes. Do you want to meet up? Yes. The magic of yes. Ye- the power of, je- <laughs> of, of, ye- of yes, right? There's so much good stuff that follows from just saying yes. 100%. And also you'll find that most people, if you want, you know, drop them a note, ask them for a coffee, most people we'll are going to say yes. yes. And it's okay I mean, if somebody says no. But you know, don't, don't let that no stop you from reaching out. Exactly. I mean, we're recruiting. Most people, most time we hear no. Yeah. So you're used to it anyway. And then you're going to get those nice yeses. You have a good chat and... You never know what what comes of it. So it's great. Well, thank you for saying yes to coming on this podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. I really appreciate it. Um, And thanks for all the insights. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed it. Please do not forget to subscribe in all the usual places. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you like to watch or listen to a podcast. Any comments or feedback, please drop us a DM. If you've got anything that you want us to discuss, again, feel free to get in touch. Have a wonderful day.